fun, really excited that as part of a conversation about relationship, you guys are including the topic of singleness and good job to the leadership and those putting this this um, series together because often this can be a, a little bit of a niche part of our, um, our communities that gets overlooked in the conversation. So really, really pleased that you guys are um, ahead of the curve on that. Well done. Give yourselves a high five. Um, have we got some things? We've got some things. Good. So as I said, um, being on both sides of this conversation in terms of understanding something of what it is to be um, married and in a married relationship, but then also trying to navigate the world as an unexpected single um, well into my adulthood. I'm like now 26 and um, (laughs) give or take. (laughs) Sometimes you lose count. It's hard. It's really hard to keep up. Um, But in our time together this morning, um, just trying to encapsulate, you know, as I said, try and spark some conversation, I've got some things that I just want to prompt us to consider, um, some things that perhaps are you might not have even known that you experience when you're part of a family or part of a couple and that becomes a challenge for people who are who are single to navigate. And so singles, I hope that you who are here today feel really affirmed as we're talking that we see you and that your church community here sees you and, um, and also for the rest of us who are navigating and journeying around those people that we would just be, you know, turn up the dial of our awareness because we don't know what we don't know. So I'm here to tell you something maybe that you don't know that might just trigger a new thought for you. So some some things to consider as we go. I'm going to frame it through this question here. How can we as a community be family for those who don't have a family? So what does it look like for us to genuinely do community for people who are on their own? And the first thing I wanted to consider in that is this whole idea of belonging. Because there's a basic level of belonging that is found when you are part of a family or part of a couple, when you are part of a we, when you share a last name with somebody, when, when you, you know, any time you go somewhere, there's an assumption that you'll go together and then there's maybe times when you don't go together. You know, the, but the, the core, um, the, the, the basic or the, the default setting is that you are part of we. And, you know, that I'm not suggesting that um, being part of a we fixes everything because I know that for some of you who are in marriages or in families, there's enough challenges in there to go around. But you get your own conversation later in the series. We're talking about me right now. Focus, okay? But, um, so I'm not trying to put up, you know, marriage, good, single, bad. You know, marriage, oh, everything's always perfect. And we, you know, skip and laugh through life and single, you know, like that we're not polarizing any of those. Both have their joys and both have their challenges. But this whole idea of belonging, and one of the simple ways this expresses itself for me is arriving somewhere alone. I hate arriving places alone. And I am a raging extrovert. The, if I had one of those, you know, um, kind of power level things on my back, like as I'm heading towards a group and in a group, it's a ding, 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 ding. And then like literally the second I walk away from here and hop in my car, right? And, and like literally, I don't know, I turn into one of those things that like that, that don't, you know, like that. And um, so, but for me, so I love being with people but I have been known not to go somewhere where there are people because I don't want to have to arrive there by myself. 
And so that hopefully gives you an indication of how challenging that can sometimes be. You know, when you walk into a group and you, I don't know where I fit, where my conversation is going to happen, where my point of connection is going to happen. And I think um, that it, it's true for, as I say, it's true for married people as well, but I feel like you've got kind of a default place to be when you arrive with other people. You know, at the very least, you can go and stand like awkwardly beside your partner's shoulder and like pretend you're part of this conversation rather than having to find a place of connection by yourself. So the, the challenge for belonging might be as simple as community, just considering who arrives here by themselves. Who could we meet at the front and walk in with together? Who could we... SMS and say, I'm going to save your seat. Like, come sit with me when you get here, you know, so you know exactly where to come to. You know, just the little things like that. I was, um, I'm new into a church community, so I'm re-establishing, you know, my own sense of community and teaching other people how to handle me. <laughs> and um, I'm getting to know this young family. They've got a five-year-old girl. Her name's Mabel. And I was going to their house for lunch one day and I'm driving behind them. The conversation that happened in the car were rep- reported to me afterwards. And and she says to her dad, she says, Dad, does Kimmy have a family? And he goes, yeah, I think she's got a few brothers and a mom and a dad. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like one you take with you. <laughs> and, and, um, and he's like, oh, no, I don't, she lives by herself. I don't think she, you know, she doesn't have a family that she takes with her. Silence. Then she goes, well, her is ours now. Stop it. So she's adopted me into the family. How adorable is that, though? One that you take with her, belonging. Another one is this idea of um, practical support. You know, for the most part, the things that happen in your home to keep your home going happen whether you've got one person in the house or 25. Like, realistically, you know, the bins go out once a week. The bills have to be paid every month. Like, there's a whole lot of practical things that take place in a house that when you live by yourself still take place. Right, and I've got a um, an example of this for me is I've got a clock on my wall. It's quite large, like a big decorative mirror clock thing, that I just cannot gen- like physically remove by myself and put back on because it's too wide to hold and too heavy to risk. I normally risk things because when it says must need two people, I'm like, you're not the boss of me. And but then this, it's like it's expensive, <laughs> so I'm not going to risk it. But so it's like it took me about six weeks to change it from daylight savings. And then it took me about another four weeks to change it back. And literally the day after I changed it back, because I had family over for a meal, the battery died. And so it took another three weeks to get someone over to take the other side of it just to change the battery. But just little th- little practical things like that are ways that we as community can support people who are living by themselves in terms of offering ourselves into being the other person on the end of a tape measure or the other person on the end of something that just needs two people to hold. It can be hard work as a single person trying to navigate just the the sheer quantity of those kind of moments that come up. And as community, if we can offer into that before they have to ask, that's a real gift that we can be to single people in our in our um, in our sphere, in our community. Sorry, security. There's a people group in northern China. They're called the Uyghur people. And when they mourn, so when a, a female mourns the loss of her partner, she goes, there's a quite, it's ritualistic. She says this line over and over again that when it's translated into English means, I have lost the back of my chair. I've lost the back of my chair. I want your orders to sit forward off the back of your chairs. Everyone just like take the weight off the back of your chair. What have you lost if the back of your chair is not there right now? Support, 
comfort. Yeah, you can sit back now. Everyone's like, that's enough, thanks. I've had three seconds of that. I'm done. But isn't it a great picture, though? Like, and, it, and that is exactly what it feels like for single people, particularly those who've been married, to go into a space of being single is, is that sense of losing something, of, of support, of, of um, strength, of rest. And, and if you didn't have the back of your chair, after a while you fatigue, right, <laughs> trying to sit up like that the whole time because we're lazy and we're used to having backs on our chairs and we recline now. You know, I'm sure we could re-strengthen those muscles. <clears throat> but the thing, the challenge for um, singles again, and I was reading um, Marie Crabb, who, no, Annabelle Crabb, who'd been doing a whole lot of work around um, and looking at, at learned helplessness in marriage in that if you are married to somebody, you guys will, like each of you will take up a strength in something you know, she programs the, the computer tech things, you know, he is good with, you know, baking, she is, you know, whatever it is, and, and you, you all have your own strengths, and if one of them is good, if one of you is good at that, the other one actually unlearns it, is what research tells us. So the more you do that, the less I have to do that, the more I go, I don't know how to do that, he does that, she does that. And so if you consider, though, then people who are single again they've possibly lost like half of their, their skill set and are needing some, some of that um, investment to build that back up. And so again, we get to be the people who are the backs of the chair to, to people who are, are struggling or who are, uh, who are on their own and to say, it's okay, you can lean back, we've got you. Now, second point to this though, is imagine if sometimes there was a back on your chair and sometimes there wasn't, how would that go? It'd be really hard to trust it, wouldn't it? Like if I'm sitting here and I feel like I might lean back and fall on my face or I could sit back and something's there. So when we're offering security to others, when we're offering ourselves to help, we need to do that in a way that's consistent and reliable and dependable for that to really relieve them and really bring the rest of, and peace of mind and peace of heart that they're looking for. When we are talking about um, singleness, particularly as somebody who, you know, singles who might live by themselves, you know, who don't have children or um, you, when you're looking at what a community can provide for a single person, it's all the other people that the single person is not. Because I am a single, I, I on my own am female and as I said, I'm 26 and so that's, that's the, um, the generation, the, the part that I represent. So in my life, what's missing? I'm missing males. <laughs> I'm missing older people because of how young I am. And, and I'm also missing younger people. So the natural expression of family is that there's a mix of genders and a mix of generations. And so as a community, we get to kind of fill the gaps for each other of what they don't experience, what single people don't experience on their own. And so we get to be the, the providers of young people. Now, if you are a family, a parent who's had young kids or has them currently, how awesome is it to have extra adults around to help you with the young people. Can I get an amen to that, right? So there's a, it's a win, 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 win here. Your young pe- there's research all over the place that talks about the, the um, importance of all other adults speaking into the life of your kids. That, so that's a win for your kids. There's a, it's a win for the single person who gets to engage with your family. It's a win for you because you get the resource and the support of other people. Like I say, winning everywhere. We're just winning all over the place with this one. So put this on your list of to-dos is to connect in and be, be family to those who don't have their own family. 
The other part of that, though, I think, is this idea of refining relationships. Let me say that you've got to keep your eyes forward while I say this to you already. Don't look sideways to your partner. Married people spend more time with people who annoy them. Yes, eyes forward. Eyes forward. You don't need to amen that one. Just silently, I see you, I hear you. But it's true. Married people spend more time with people who annoy them because you signed a piece of paper and like you, you're stuck, right? That's pretty much how it goes. But you're committed to, to do that hard thing. You, like when, <clears throat> when you're married to somebody, if like they put the butter in the pantry and you're a butter in the fridge kind of person, like you're going to have to deal with that for the rest of your life, guys. You've got to have to keep working that through. But if, and I mean, these are the important things where the butter goes, right? I'm like, I'm starting at the top of the list of, of significant marital factors. But, but the reality is that for married people, there is this sense that you've got to kind of bumble your way through some of that. And, and in fact, those are the, the times where, you know, you learn patience and, and what it means to compromise and what it means to put someone else first and how it is to sacrifice yourself and all those sorts of things. The challenge for single people is that we don't have to stay in any relationships that are uncomfortable. And that's a challenge for single people because they are good for us. And so you might find that you know a single person that you are, that you kind of say, oh my gosh, he's just so annoying or he's just so annoying and he's, he's just so self-focused and he's so, and he, it's possibly because they don't have these relationships that refine them and teach them, actually, that's not okay. Like we don't, like that's not a good way to relate to other people. And so as people around single people, we get to sort of press in and say, because we're going to be the back of your chair, because we're going to be here permanently and where you can rely on us, we, you can also trust us to, in love, help you grow. And we're going to tell you, like, it's really annoying when you chew with your mouth open. Like, that's why no one wants to sit with you at the lunch table, right? You know, or um, <clears throat> that we're going to be the people that help them see each, see themselves in, um, from the outside and understand how they're, ex- they're experienced by others. And intimacy is part of that as well. The unfortunate reality is that it's not just married people or people in couples who have a desire or a need for intimacy, we are wired that way. We are made that way. You're quoting Brene Brown, you know, scripture, the Bible tells us exactly the same thing, that we're made to be people who need relationships and need other people. And the d- definition of intimacy that I would use is to be fully known and fully loved. So it's just, all your secrets are out, but you're still accepted and you're still, uh, and someone still is there, to, is going to meet you where you are and hang in with you there. And so that can express itself in physical intimacy, sexual, romantic kind of interactions. And all of that need still exists in a single, a person who is single. So there's a challenge for single people to find ways to meet that in, that are healthy and that are good for us and for others. I have a little friend, well, her, she's not so little now, she's 11, but when she was about four and a half, five years old, she, um, she was giving me one of her big hugs. And she's one of those, like, legs around, arms around, you know, like, clip-on hugs, you know, the kind? And I said, oh, mommy, I just love your hugs. And she kind of pulled back and went, what? Like, what's the big deal? I said, well, I don't have anyone at my house to give me hugs. Like, I don't get hugs very much. And so when I see you and I get this hug, it's like you kind of fill up my hug tank or something right, she's on a mission now. She has a job to do. And seriously, to this day, she takes it 
very seriously that her job is, and I'll be standing in a group of people talking to them after church or something, and she's got to go. She's like pushing through, pushing through, filling the hug tank out of my way, like, and she'll come and give me a big squeeze. One time I was in, like, I, was, I think I was praying for someone. I was deep in conversation. She just came up behind me and just hugged me from behind because she didn't want to interrupt and ran off. And then she worked out that if I'm going somewhere, like I was visiting an orphanage overseas and I was going to give out hugs and then I would need more hugs. And so now we have these two auxiliary tanks and one's for holidays and one's for ministry. And <laughs> It's a thing, guys. It's a thing. But the reality is that single people need, we need to understand ourselves. We need to know our need because if we don't manage it, it will manage us because we'll go looking for that intimacy and that fulfillment in all the wrong places if we're not getting it in healthy ways. So it's it's on us to keep exploring that. And finally, the idea of relaxed social spaces. If I was to say to you, as if you're part of a family, if I said, oh, what have you got happening this afternoon? You're like, oh, no plans. I've got nothing on this afternoon. If that's the case for you, you probably, like, that means you're at home. What you're probably saying is no one outside our family is coming over and none of our family need to go somewhere else. You know, like, we haven't got netball and tennis and all the things happening. What you mean is that we're just going to be around home. There's likely to be a footy game on somewhere. We'll have lunch together. You know, someone will be working on that. There might be some some interactions that happen or we could all just go to our separate spaces. But when a, a single person who is living by themselves says there's nothing happening this afternoon... There is nothing happening this afternoon. The only thing that is that will be on is whatever's on the tally. You know, like that's the, the legitimate truth for someone who's living alone. And so then the challenge, and as I said, I'm a, an extrovert, the challenge is trying to find places that fulfill that need for relational engagement, but don't require me to dress up and plan and do and be. Because literally everything I do with someone else is a plan. You know, I'm never with someone else accidentally, right? Because which is or incidentally, which is what happens a lot in families at home. So the blessing that I have received from community is people who will allow me to come around and have nothing on. You know, do nothing with them. Do just be where they're being. And in fact, the family that says hers is ours, I now have slippers at their house, so that when I come, that's like put your slippers on because we've got our slippers on. We're just chilling out. And so you're you know, half watching a movie with the kids and you're half trying to have a conversation and then there's just like quiet time because everyone half fell asleep. You know, all those sorts of things. But I love that kind of stuff. And families, again, it's one of those things that you probably don't realise is an incredible offering to, to the single people in your world is just come over and find us as you find us and just join in. You know, someone is going to netball and someone will be coming back later and someone's woefully practicing the violin in the back back room. But just come. You know, even if you've got stuff to do, come and do it with us. Like, we're just going to be hanging out. Incredible thing that we can offer. So here's a list of the things that I just mentioned. And just before Bron comes up to, to see what's coming next... I wonder if you want to just start thinking about, like, what of those things, either for you as a single person in terms of your own experience of that, or even for you as somebody who has singles in your world, what is what stands out for you as, as maybe a point of challenge or as a point of encouragement or, um, or a way that you can, you know, that maybe even be empowered to be of greater um, support and resource to singles around you? And singles, to even be looking at that and identifying something of the need that you have. And I'm going to give you a chance just to chat to each other about it, but let me, because let me just say this, the key point in all of this is communication. 
There, I guarantee you that if we had 10 single people lined up here, they would have 10 different preferences of how they would do. You know, some would say, don't ever invite me over unless everything is tidy. You know, like, I want your fancy silverware, thanks, you know. Others would say, yeah, I'll bring my own slippers, don't worry, I'm there, you know. Some don't need... Um, or some are extroverts and they, they know they need the company. Some are introverts and they actually need to be told that they need the company because introverts, that's your challenge, is it makes you run away from relationships that are good. For us as extroverts, it means that we're too dependent on other people to, you know, anyway, talk about that part of the whole other thing. Um, but it's about communication. It's a lot of, would you feel comfortable coming to my house like this? Or you know, are there ways that I can help you? And allowing that conversation to be really individualised for the people that you're um, that are in your world. But just before Bron comes up, turn to the person next to you. Just say, what's the thing that stands out on that list? What's the thing that challenges you the most? What what do you find like? Aha! That's a good thought. I haven't thought about that before. Have a quick chat. Go. Okay. Okay, everyone. Thanks, Kimberly. You've lost them for me. <laughs> All right. It's great to hear so much discussion. <laughs> 